Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. I'm knee-deep in the studio making work for my upcoming March show at Miles McHenry Gallery, and it's all golden making it happen. The quality and diversity of their paints and mediums and gessos are unmatched. I've been using a lot of their new so flat matte acrylics, and I just can't get a surface like that with any other paint. When I want to shine, I use their gloss varnish. When I want texture, I use the heavy body paint. They have me covered. Golden also makes core watercolors and Williamsburg oil paints as well. You can find Golden in your local art store or online at goldenpaints.com. Located in Seattle, Fulcrum Coffee Roasters seek to craft the perfect coffee. They have been roasting coffee for over 20 years. You can order their amazing coffee at fulcrumcoffee.com, enter code ALFREDSTUDIO upon checkout, and receive 20% off your order. Alana Farrell is a queer, transmasculine painter who lives and works in the East Village in New York. They grew up in a rural hamlet in upstate New York raised by two outside-the-system creative parents. They began undergraduate studies at the Cooper Union New York, receiving their BFA in 2011. Alana's work was previously exhibited at Anat Egby Gallery in Los Angeles, the Painting Center in New York, Terry Goldberg Gallery in New York, Harper's in East Hampton, Harper's in Los Angeles, Richard Heller Gallery in Los Angeles, and UTA Artist Space in Los Angeles. Alana has a forthcoming solo exhibition at Harper's new location in Chelsea at 512 West 22nd Street in New York in 2022. They're represented by Harper's Gallery New York and Anat Egby Gallery in Los Angeles. Alana's work centers around a humanistic celebration of the individuals in their community, a predominantly queer creative community in New York City, by exposing the personal struggles, uncertainties, intimate moments, and triumphs they face. We talked about talent versus drive, growing up without much technology, double rainbows, making paintings, and much more. Here's our conversation. And your studio setup looks good here. Like you look like you have a good smallish room that's good for sound. Well, this is uh, actually an apartment that I'm in now, but my home studio, and I have a studio for my bigger pieces in the city. Right. Oh no, I meant studio in the sense of like you're a makeshift recording studio. Oh yeah. I hope it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do intros sometimes on the road when I was teaching in Pennsylvania, and I would literally go into the closet of the hotel room and record the intros in there because it was nice and muffled. Like, it had a really good sound to it. I love that. I was recently working in a hotel room. It was a very interesting experience. Oh, really? Was that in Los Angeles? Uh, no, it was here in New York, actually. Oh, how did that happen? <laughs> um, I had to move suddenly, and um, I had some savings, but I didn't really have the paperwork together, so... I kind of just booked, uh, I got a deal on a hotel room for a month. And I was nice. just like, okay. <laughs> and 
And I ended up using it as a studio also and having people come over and pose live in the hotel room. That's cool. The the words suddenly and move are two words you don't want near each other in a sentence. <laughs> no, not in New York. I mean, it could be worse. If it's suddenly move and the dead of winter, that's the there worst combination. Yeah, or suddenly move and broke. Oh, no. <laughs> not good words. Yeah, the dead of winter. Right. Yeah, yeah that's the, the, yeah. the trifecta. Um, so that was, I mean, do you, I, I love hotel rooms and I love working in hotel rooms. I did that when, uh, a long time ago when my wife went to work, she had a work trip in Los Angeles and we went and stayed in a hotel for like, you know, five or six days and I just made small works on paper in a hotel, but there was something really nice about it. Yeah, there is. I can't really put my finger on it. Maybe it's the fact that you don't have to worry about your messes i don't know (laughs) might be it or mess because like someone comes in and cleans exactly room service yeah as long as you're not getting like paint in the sheets then i think you're fine yeah that's not a good look i think for me it's the idea of um not being just like when you're in a hotel there's not really responsibilities you know what I mean? You do. Yeah. It's not the normal day-to-day crap that you have to deal with. And there's something refreshing about that. There, It really is. It's like having a mother as an adult. I felt like it served me well that month. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like graduate school. Oh, I <laughs> never went to graduate school. It's, okay, so, you know, there's always that debate. Should you go to graduate school? Should you not? I think the one main reason that if people should or if they want to it could be good it's like fantasy it's like two years of just making work all the time and that's kind of yeah yeah i can definitely see i i considered it for sure but um now my lifestyle is making work (laughs) so i guess it's the same thing but yeah i bet it's really nice to have that community i feel like i have that in new york yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the combination of the community and then a community of people who are also in that two-year fantasy of not really working much and, I mean, like, day jobby, Right. And just kind of, like, like, living in, like, art world, you know? Like, yeah. not the art world, but, like, a world of just nothing but art is kind of fun. That's true, and it's probably even, yeah, no expectations as far as, well, I guess you do have deadlines, so, assignments. Yeah, but it's all art stuff. It's not like rent or utility. I mean, you know, that exists, but it's not, I don't know, it's difficult to explain, but it just feels like you're off the the real world grid a little bit and like in art camp. Yeah. Have you done residencies? I've thought about residencies for that reason. I've, you know, I've only done two in my life and I did Skowhegan, which was right after grad school. So. Oh, whoa. It was kind of like. Back to back. yeah, I went straight through. Like, it was undergrad, grad, then, then Skowhegan. And Skowhegan was great because it was the opposite of grad school. It was just, like, fun in the woods. But I don't know that I appreciated it as much as I would, like, today. Because I I wasn't going back out of, like, you know, just working and working and working and then having, like, a respite of that time in the woods to work. Yeah. And then I did the Long Island... Oh, what was it called? I can't even remember. The Carriage House 
residency in Islip in Long Island, which was basically a giant studio in Long Island, and that was it. There was no, there were two other people that I never saw, and then I just had a huge studio, so it didn't really feel like a residency, I guess. Yeah, that's But there's all these amazing though. ones out there, you know? I know, I know. I should look into it eventually, but. I think so. I've heard great things. <laughs> Like friends who have gone and done residencies, they glow afterwards. They're yeah. just like, oh yeah, it was amazing. You just got to hang out with people and just like live in this world and like talk about work all the time. Just That sounds like, so nice. I definitely, yeah. after this show that I'm doing, this upcoming show in May or June, I would love to do that. Well... Put a uh, application deadline. I know. I should. I, I gotta coordinate this. <laughs> I do that all the time. Where I, for some reason, out of the blue, I'll think like, "Oh, that grant or that residency, or you know, I'll think of I should apply to that." And I go online, and inevitably, it, it's always the week before. I have the that too. Was. What Isn't is that, that? I feel like sometimes it's days after. I'm like, "Come on, yeah. this is like had- a joke." <laughs> There was one time I wanted to apply for the Guggenheim, and I went on. I was like, "Oh shoot, that I think that deadline's soon." And I went online, <laughs> oh, no. and it was two days before. <laughs> I was like, no, I gotta wait a whole year. But I'm really bad at. I think maybe it's that idea of like a collective consciousness. Like everyone's, there's a lot of people like doing it and thinking about it. So it's almost like unconsciously in the air, and that's what makes you. It reminds you about it. Yeah, I think we have a general sense of when they lie, but then not the exact dates, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, and you're you're in Manhattan now, right? Um, I lived in Manhattan for 16 years. Right now, I'm in Brooklyn, but it's just a temporary sublet thing. Is the idea to go back to Manhattan? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the. Guy. Um, yeah, because I I believe. I read that you had lived in the East Village for a while. Yeah. I mean, I've been around. My studio is actually in the financial district, and I've lived in a few different neighborhoods, but pretty much all downtown. Yeah. How is that, making work in the financial district? Uh, I like it because I like sort of after hours the dark vibes which the financial district is so creepy at night it really Um, is empty right it's yeah i mean it used to be worse i can't remember when i lived there it was like probably i don't know a long time ago yeah and it used to be super desolate like completely dead at night but now it's like creepy creepy yeah like almost a little dangerous feeling but now it's kind of coming back to life it's so quiet yeah And uh, at Tribeca used to be, I feel like that did like an opposite thing. Because when I first moved to New York, we would go see shows down there, like at the Knitting Factory. And there were some places to like go hang out. Oh, yeah. And I feel like it got completely upscaled. And then it turned more into, I don't know, like it just completely changed. That's right. It did used to be um, in the city, the old one. Yeah, it was a great venue. Saw some great shows there. Yeah. That's the thing. A lot of things are out in Brooklyn now, so. Yeah, I guess, you know, I went and I dropped my son off into Soho today. Um, and it was the first time I was in Manhattan for like, you know, weeks. And I just haven't been that much since COVID. So it's weird because like in Brooklyn, everything's here. 
like pretty much not everything but you know you could just kind of do everything you need to do oh yeah i'm right now i'm uh close to downtown brooklyn so it's like yeah absolutely everything here um i mean the food you know culture this yeah. i mean you kind of don't need to go over if you don't <laughs> i mean there's trees here i was walking around the other night and i was like oh my god i haven't seen trees in so long <laughs> <laughs> it's exotic yeah they're like Look at all this green big sycamore trees lining the streets and like leaves are falling down in the street lamps i'm like this is so romantic yeah it really it's it's not i mean i've never lived in manhattan so i don't and i actually thought of that today when i was over there i'd be like well, i wonder what it'd be like to just be in here <laughs> all the time and then when i drove back over i was stuck on um delancey street for like 20 minutes and i was like nope i don't i don't want to be yes yeah. <laughs> oh you were driving yeah i drive i'm a driver oh wow i'm a new york 20 plus year driver wow that is that's rare yeah, I never take this up. I mean, I used to way back when I first moved here, but then I got a car maybe after three or four years of being in New York, and then I've driven ever since. Oh, yeah. As an artist, it makes so much sense. Every now and then, I'm like, oh, I wish I knew how to drive, and then I quickly am like, no, no, I'm too afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for certain things, it's amazing, and other things, it's awful. Yeah. But... um like my in-laws live in jersey so to get there would have it's like hell to like take this new jersey transit bus and you gotta oh walk. yeah and it's you know and then when if you have a family it's just like you need a car yeah you know? absolutely public so. transportation outside of like the five boroughs is awful so yeah i i feel like um and the subway is great in essence and getting around the city is so easy but when you, it's one of those things when you get used to driving, you just kind of prefer it. I mean, I like the me space, you know? Yeah, I think I get that on a bike with head, yeah, headphones that, yeah, on, which is absolutely, totally. no one should ever do that. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> right, you didn't say that, but I, yeah. definitely, I can imagine that. And I, I think if I weren't driving, I would prefer a bike over the subway just because oh, yeah. you see the city there's something nice about just seeing the areas that you're going through yeah and it's soundtracks with yeah. the headphones that you're not wearing <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's great that's one of so the do most you, magical parts. bike bikes the way you get around yeah yeah i've been biking ever since i got here my brother but is your studio still there uh yeah it's still in the financial district Yep. So you're doing the Wall Street commute to make your work. I really am. I'm like, what is this? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> All the traders are going to Wall Street and you're going to make work. Yeah. I try to not sync up with them right. as far as like rush hour goes, but yeah. Yeah. If you can get off that schedule, it's probably a really great commute. Oh yeah. It's super easy. Very fast. You know, when I'm, when I go to Tokyo, um, I never, cause I'm not working there. So I never have to travel during rush hour. And like once or twice I've made the accidental mistake of being like, Oh, I'll just go there at like eight in the morning. No, oh, no. It's a totally different experience <laughs> where you cannot uh, get in the trains. They're so full, you know? And I have like that kind of anxiety about getting stuck in a place. Oh, I am completely have that. Do you um, get that? 
Well, I think I am pretty claustrophobic, which is a little bit counterintuitive considering all the tiny closets I've lived in for many years. But <laughs> yeah, but it's your choice and it's your space, right? As yeah. As opposed to being crammed in. Getting trapped. Like, I, I get it. Like if I'm with a few people and we're going to a restaurant, I don't want to sit in against the wall in the booth. Like yeah. I need to be on the outside in case I need to get a, get away. <laughs> How do you feel about all these outdoor street restaurants? To be totally honest, I think I've been in two. And I neatly situated myself near an escape hatch. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's some deep ones where like you could go way far in. Oh, and yeah. Back and I'm not into that. Yeah. I feel like some of them are kind of flimsy, though. You could just like kick down the wall. Good point. Yeah, the plexiglass <laughs> windows that you can... In an emergency. Pop out. Yeah. Yeah, but I haven't done... Have you been going to a lot of those? I haven't done it that much. Yeah, I've, I go out all the time, I think. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm a little more hermetic, I think. I must admit. Yeah. I'm I, not as social as I once was. But I think that's good for a painter. I think it's Probably, important. Yeah. Spend a lot of time inside. I wish I was a little less social, actually, because uh, sometimes being in the studio by myself, I go absolutely crazy. Oh, yeah, that sort of feeling of like, is it time-based where like maybe you're in there two or three hours and you're like, okay, I have to, I have to talk to us. I have to go out and take a break. Yeah, I mean, I can do two or three hours. I guess I'm thinking more like days. Oh, like plural. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, COVID stretched that sort of like uh, the metric of that, right? To where everyone... Oh, yeah. We were like definitely uh, stretching our muscles of isolation tolerance. Yeah. It was... That was wild. But wait. So if I'm not mistaken, though, you grew up in upstate in the middle of nowhere, right? Oh, yeah. Total isolation, which is exactly why (laughs) I... uh, Yeah. I knew that I really hated it as a kid. It was very, um, I mean, I kind of like was always at friends' houses as much as possible. So I tried to yeah. get, uh, get around other people. But yeah, it was, a, I don't know what the population is, but completely ghost towns up there. Right. I think your bio said ghost town, New York. <laughs> that's yeah, actually that's my birthplace. I mean, where I grew up, it was, I think, either a former hospital from, like, the late 1800s or, like, a doctor's house slash hospital. Oh, wow. So it had that history, that feel. I mean, yeah, it looks like the Adams Family House, and it's, like, falling down. Yeah. Definitely Ghost Town, New York, is my birthplace. (laughs) (laughs) And so, well, it's interesting because I guess there's two ways you you adapt and it's it's probably more of like the person and not the environment because some people just are totally like if they're an only child and they're in the middle of nowhere they're fine being by themselves all the time and they don't crave other people they just get used to that and then there's others who just like go stir crazy and like i need people this is boring the hell out of me you know sounds like you fell into the later camp right yeah and i wish uh, a lot of my childhood friends we don't see each other um because they uh, you know some of them went to school in the city also but yeah they prefer that they really like that nature and isolation so they all went back yeah well i mean it's a pretty heavy 
it, it's interesting because you know you could drive I don't, I don't know how far it was upstate how far the drive was but it's not that far no you know I mean? it's like two hours if you speed i guess <laughs> yeah i mean two hours you go from like complete isolation in the woods two hours later you're in the most in manhattan yeah it's, in the world, new york right? is crazy it's totally wild day and night yeah so it's it's not like you know someone who grew up out in you know in an area like that like upstate and then they go to you know a small town which is probably much more you know easy to acclimate to like if you yeah know, than going to like new york which is the polar opposite yeah. it's like the deep end of the pool <laughs> yeah maybe i don't know my my parents uh came from the city or my mom came from the city and i had some family so yeah maybe some of the people i grew up with didn't have um, any connection so it was more shocking yeah what you had i believe an artist lineage in your family is that correct oh yeah <laughs> yes is it like on the maternal side uh yeah my both sides actually yeah yeah, yeah both sides um painters my mother is a painter and my grandmother is a painter um yeah yeah, so that was always around, right? Yeah. You just saw it. Yeah, my grandmother wasn't um, doing it for money, but, you know, she was a kind of a quintessential painter. She had this studio room that she would lock herself into for hours, and, yeah, the whole house smelled like, um, I guess, turpentine fumes. Like, whatever that smell was, it was <laughs> such a familiar smell to me. Yep. Oh. Like turp and linseed oil. Yeah. It has like a certain bouquet of like brain cells being shaved. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that uh, reminds me of my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of undergrad when it was just like everyone was using. I mean, now it's all turp and oil. It's like, you know, eco-friendly stuff. But back right. then it was just like brutal. I mean, like just big buckets of turpentine. That's crazy. Did you wash your hands in it? I've talked to some older painters that are just like, I just stuck my hands in the bucket and like, oh. I'm like, oh my God, no, no gloves, no nothing. <laughs> no, I did. And, and to be honest, I only oil painted for a couple years and then I switched to water base, which, cause I was getting these massive headaches in undergrad and yeah. I couldn't figure out what it was. But, um, one of my teachers told me, well, maybe you're you know, it's kind of stinky and a lot of fumes, maybe it's the fumes. And so I switched over to water base and they gave me a studio that one of the faculty was on sabbatical. It was like a private space. So I, and the headaches went away. I started feeling better. Oh, that's amazing. So from then on, I was like, okay, no more, you know, now you can do it. But back then it was just, you know, it was pretty toxic stuff. Oh yeah. Now most things are odorless, but even the odorless things with oil, I, they're kind of sus, I think. I do yeah. get headaches also occasionally. Well, I'm sure some of these acrylics too that I'm, you know, eating are probably eating. not good for me. <laughs> uh, but you know, you look at the back. I I'll look at some of these paints and look at the back, and it's like known to cause cancer in lab rats in California or something. I'm like, oh, why is it only California? Like I, that's where every is. other state it doesn't cause cancer. <laughs> right. It's just. That's that's the only place it happens. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it's it's funny because I remember it, a flip side of that is guitars. You could never they were always done in like like Fender guitars were done in Mexico because they wouldn't let you 
use that certain like finish the polyurethane or whatever they finish the guitars with so they had oh, to wow. send them out of country to do it it's like so they're testing all these art supplies in california but the guitars have to go south of the border it's such a weird <laughs> thing <laughs> so oh, that's, that's interesting to know i like that thinking of that yeah guitars hmm. and it's ta- i mean this this stuff that we you know use is we don't know exactly what's in all of it really you know yeah i know i i think when i was an undergrad i got into painting on metal for a little bit i was like oh this is hardcore and i'm gonna use car paint <laughs> oh, yeah. oh no don't recommend did you, though, you have, did you i did tried you it, it? yeah try? i tried it because i really Were you liked spraying? um no thank god because i wasn't properly ventilated or Oh yeah, using a respirator or anything, but no, it was just paint on kind. Yeah. Um, but even that is it's so toxic. Yeah. How did you get that idea though? Like, who introduced? Uh, how did that come about? I think I was like making things on saw blades, um, as like kind of a tongue in cheek to like my hillbilly upbringing, and then I was like, okay, and it just kind of graduated from there, and it got into. Metal. material yeah metal yeah, yeah. painting on metal yeah oh that's interesting and does it i don't i don't think i've ever painted on metal would it not peel it just seems like it wouldn't stick to it well that's this uh, like enamel paint um special paint it was like on. industrial um you can buy it at some hardware stores i think it's just it's not like a fine art um paint right it's utilitarian i guess yeah yeah kind of like what Pollock used he used enamel like that I suppose yeah yeah like house paint oh I love house paint but I use the water-based one now (laughs) so do you use it in the studio too yeah I think my paintings I mix all the paints together (laughs) oh yeah I mean not together layer them in order so they don't um, interact negatively with each other but I love you know latex house paint I love um, flash acrylic a lot of my, most of my underpaintings are in acrylic and then yeah. oil on top you know it's funny like recently over the past few years i've noticed more students of mine were priming their canvases with white house paint because i guess it was cheaper than gesso yeah and i didn't know like i was like is that archival like is that good you know what I mean? But I didn't really know if it was bad or not. I said, you probably should use gesso, but I didn't do the research to figure out if that's like a viable priming option. Yeah. Uh, that is a good question. I mean, I don't know about like 200 years from now. Um, right. Someone out there right now listening is like, oh, you can't use that or you totally can use it. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, maybe it depends how thick you apply it i do these super duper thin layers so i think it's still like gripping onto something underneath right yeah when it gets when house paint gets thicker it's just so rubber it's so plasticky you know yeah you could feel just peel off of things right it's not gonna grip uh long term right well let's go back upstate so growing (laughs) up (laughs) you were drawing a lot you were making art was it out of boredom or was it out of uh, just the family influence? You know, I wonder that. I'm like, what if I had a really active uh, social life and like everything available to me at a young age? Would I have 
drawn so much. I think it was definitely partially Porto. <laughs> um, and then part of it was, I just loved doing it. And I think it was kind of the only thing that I was good at. Or yeah. I don't even know if I was good, to be honest. I look at some of my, uh, I don't know, my parents saved a few of my older things. And I'm like, I don't know if I was that gifted. <laughs> yeah, I was never, I, I found it. I feel like boredom is such a great, gateway to anything really yeah like there must have been so many amazing not like technically proficient necessarily but amazing musicians in this world that we cherish and love that got good at it just because they were bored off their ass just like picking up a guitar and like you know messing around yeah i think that's true i always hear of like bands coming from places i don't know about in america yeah more often than you hear bands from new york city or something that's true yeah, because you got you know you got to find something to do yeah. out there. <laughs> you got to find a reason to live. <laughs> I think that you, that was the reason I I made art and still do. <laughs> yeah, right. Finding that well, it's something that you you feel excited by or passionate about. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Were you into music growing up too? Um, I was into music. Um, I suck as a musician, but I really love. Uh, consuming music, dancing to music. Um, my father it was is a pianist. Um, oh, so you had a piano in the house? Yeah, and that was a, a round-the-clock piano. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, my God, shut up. But um, in hindsight, I think it was really nice to have that. And I, you know, learned really basic instruments, um, like I can tinker on a piano, I can tinker on a flute, and I can tinker on a saxophone. That's three like, good tinkerings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm really I'm I'm horrible. I would never play in front of somebody. Well, did he? Did he just played for fun. Uh, I think. Or was that his like part of his job? Uh, no, he wasn't making money off of it. Um, he was doing it for fun and for his soul, I guess. Um, but I do think he was, like, classically trained as a kid, maybe. That's what I was going to ask. Was he playing, like, classical stuff? or? He wasn't playing classical stuff. He was playing, like, honky-tonk. I don't know. He was, oh, nice. He was writing his own music. Yeah. Um, yeah, it absolutely wasn't. Uh, and some of it was, like, more jazz piano, I guess. Sure. Um, yeah, but... I mean, that's that's cool stuff to hear around the house growing up. Oh yeah, I think so. I'm I'm grateful uh, to my parents for exposing me to both art and music, like immediately out the womb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so as you're you know growing up and drawing a lot because you felt like that's something you could do or that you could get lost in, um, did that carry through into like high school and art classes and stuff like that? And was music also something? I mean, obviously you said you weren't playing that much, but was, you know, were you identifying through music? I mean, most of us when we're in high school, I think. Yeah. We latch on to some sort of like identity of music, right? I think that's a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was obsessed with music. I've, I feel like in some ways me as an adult is not that different. Uh, from me as a teenager like I everywhere I go if I go outside I have the big ass headphones on yeah and you know I used to be the Walkman but 
now is the phone. Right. Uh, yeah, no, I do too. I'm listening to music all the time, either music or, you know, occasionally books on tape or podcasts, but yeah, it's pretty much music all the time. Yeah. I, I just don't, and, and I guess, you know, most people don't grow up identifying with art necessarily. Like they'll go see shows or like maybe they'll draw a little or whatever, but almost everyone listens to music or, you know, identifies with some, there's something about it that you can connect to. There's so many, there's such a vast array of styles and kind of like, you know, social interactions in a way. Oh yeah. I feel like there's always a portal there to where you could just go through and connect to something. If somebody made me choose between art and music, like you had to never listen to music again or never make or consume um, artwork again, painting, I would, I would choose music over painting, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, no shame in that because I would do the same. I'd pick up a guitar and just start playing. Yeah. You know? I think it's more, I don't know. I mean, I say it all the time, but I just feel like it's more direct. There's something more, you know, art, the beauty of art is that sort of like the layer between, you know, it's like the image and reading ideas into those images and the feelings that you get from those images. It's kind of a triangulated process of, you know, you, your memory and the artist and their intent and then that image. But then music is just like, people sing people play notes and they go into your ears and they make you feel away you know oh absolutely that's why i love dancing too i just not that i am good at that either but it feels so intuitive to me i can't listen to music and not move around totally yeah fortunately there's no rule that you have to be (laughs) good at moving necessarily (laughs) I fully feel like it's fine to be bad at things as long as you enjoy them. Yeah, as long as you dive in, right? You commit to that badness. (laughs) And as long as you're aware, too. Like, if you have a huge ego and think that you're great and uh, are putting other people through it, maybe not. Right. Yeah, that's kind of brutal. That is my whole art life, though. Like, I was never good at it. You know what I mean? You like, are oh, now. Yeah, I no, I think I just got better at doing what I do. You know what I mean? But like I was never talented compared to other people or I was never the good drawer in art class or, you know. Even in college I was like it took me a while to even feel like I was making something that was pretty interesting. You know? You mean like on a technical level or just your taste? Yeah, more more technical or I think a little bit of both, maybe. It just took me a while to... I th- I think... I guess the... It's the same like I play a lot of soccer. I was never the best player. But I would just work really, really hard. Like, I would run hard. I would try. I would practice. And then that made me a lot better. But not technically necessarily better. But just the effort was there. You know? I uh, Yeah, I relate to that so much. Especially with painting. I feel like that's still... 100 percent true for me every painting i make is a struggle (laughs) um yeah i know what you mean yeah i feel like i it's all based on effort and trying and trying and trying and trying relentlessly um right but see i think that's advantageous because if you're just naturally it just flows out of you then it it's just easier in a way like you just 
do it and then it shows up and you're like, oh, you know, but if you really, really work hard for it, then you can really appreciate that. It's not to say that people who are really talented can't appreciate it, but I think, you know, when you have to climb the mountain to see the view, yeah. you appreciate that view a lot differently than if you were just airdropped from a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm climbing, but it's, I think, even bigger than a mountain. <laughs> I, I'm, I always say that I'm on the struggle bus, like every painting, every single painting. Um, it never... Um, Maybe I make like one out of every 50 kind of comes out naturally, but um, yeah, I think you appreciate it more. I also feel really motivated by frustration. I think my whole life I've been frustrated at many things and um, it motivates me to either make changes or, you know, work harder and that applies to painting also. That's the old like comedian thing, right? Where like Is you it? have like struggles, or you're annoyed with people, or you're annoyed with situations, and like you uh, adapt a sense of humor to deal with all that stuff, and it it like, you know what you're, what is like almost like bugging you, or like the things that you notice. A lot of times, you you have to try to find humor in that or something. It makes oh you yeah adapt. I think like, I I relate to, to I don't know any comedians that personally, but. I relate to like this kind of miserly, grumpy, like begrudging <laughs> attitude. Like you have the right intentions, but everything sucks and you hate everything also. <laughs> <laughs> do you, now, do you think that's, I, I can totally relate. Do you think that's like baked in or do you think, do you envision maybe like 20, 30 years from now that you you might chill into a, a more relaxed I certainly words, hope so. <laughs> you're not going to Larry David it, where it's just there forever. Oh, God. I had never seen that show until recently. A friend was telling me, you really, really need to see this. And I was like, this is slightly triggering. I feel like if I keep going in this direction, that's going to be the result. And I don't want that to be the result. <laughs> it's a cautionary tale. Yeah. I'm like, how... How grumpy one person <laughs> could possibly become is pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to fully cross that threshold. Right. I well, I do feel. I don't know. Maybe this is not. I mean, because I know him more for Seinfeld because I used to love watching Seinfeld. Oh, I, I love Seinfeld and, and I feel like it's such a New York. Like, there's so many. Every day I'm in New York, there's a Seinfeld moment. You know yeah. what I mean? And then I wonder, I was like, oh, is it a New York thing that makes people this grumpy? And then it's like, no, his next show, like he lives out in L.A. and it's the same thing. It's just part of that. But the grumpiness he is, is just from like Brooklyn. Which That's he, true. He's a born and raised New York. Maybe you're just like stained forever. <laughs> Anywhere you <laughs> yeah, go. It's in your, it's in your DNA. Like you spread the misery. <laughs> yeah, it's in your DNA. <laughs> I, I do it though because when I'm driving outside of New York, I, it takes me a little. Like I'll have the New York driving sensibility, which doesn't work in the suburbs. You know, where you just yeah. want to honk at someone as soon as the light turns green, and that's not good. No. <laughs> that only flies in the city. But it's hard to when you get out. Like it almost like after a while, you just start to. It's like pattern behavior. You know what I mean? You get used to your surroundings. Yeah. The patience that wears thin in the city. That is true. Maybe I haven't spent enough time out of New York. I think the max I've spent is like three months. 
yeah i guess yeah you have to see what well i'll give you an example i went up to woodstock fairly recently with my family we went into a bakery to get coffee and a pastry and it took maybe oh <laughs> no it took two hours it took maybe a minute and a half for the person to show up but you know to the counter like they saw us but they were like doing things and i was like it's unbelievable <laughs> they just not gonna come you know i was so, like what kind of service is this yeah, you i was see like this line? Like, <laughs> there's no one else in the store yeah. it was like quiet relaxing and I was, you know, the whole idea of a trip like that is to relax. And I was like, come, well, I mean, are we ever going to get our coffee? You know, it's oh, so yeah. bad. Oh, it's yeah. like ingrained in there. I've taken the bus um, that goes up, it like winds and then eventually arrives to where uh, my parents still live. And it takes like six hours because it hits every little small stop yeah. along the way. And yeah, that feeling of leaving the city so slowly is, I don't know, it's not very pleasant. Don't recommend. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, here's the transition. So in looking at your work, to me, it seems like there's a process there and it's not like super, super quick. Like it, no. it seems like it takes a lot of time. Yeah. How do you feel about, are you comfortable with your pace in the studio because i've had friends who paint photorealistic and it would drive them bonkers like they would you know some people love it and some people are driven crazy and are constantly trying to get quicker at it but it just doesn't it's not within them or it doesn't work for what they're doing how is your pace like in the studio with working i think i relate to the latter uh definitely always frustrated that i can't paint very fast um and I'm always trying new techniques or, yeah, brushes, application, anything that I can do to make it faster. But it just never is fast. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it, does your attention span not last out the process? Or is it more of just you just want to, like, in other words, you just want to be done with it quicker because you want to see the results or is it you want to move to the next one or you're just like, okay, I, like it's been too long. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, it's, yeah. I'm just curious as to like how that pace, like what causes that? Because I get it too. I get, I work really fast because I work with water-based media and I, I use a hairdryer, you know, like yeah. I'll dry stuff. But I always get impatient after I start a painting until I get it to a certain point. To where I feel like, okay, this is going to work. Until that point, I'm like, uh, uh, and, but the the need for it isn't because I feel like I need to get it done quicker. It's I want to feel comfortable with how that I know that it's going to work out and look good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I relate to that. I relate to all those things you said. And um, yeah, I think mine just goes through a journey because it is slow. And I usually start out really excited. Um, and if I'm working with people that like bounces off the energy and I have a composition in my head already. And then, you know, you get into like the grunt work and then I get less excited and less excited. Totally relate. <laughs> and then I usually get really frustrated and then I get frustrated in my own damn frustration. <laughs> But that motivates me. And then once it gets to that point that you're talking about when it's like 75% done, yeah, uh, I start getting excited again. Right. 
but it's the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I don't know why I do this to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Or we should know that we will get it to that point. You know what I mean? But every single one, it's like everyone. You never learn that lesson ever. It's the same (laughs) shit every time. Like it's the same process. It's amazing. Yeah, maybe I need to instead of uh, working on speeding up, maybe I should work on learning patience. Right. Yeah, being comfortable with the stage. I have, when I'm in that early stage, I have leaving the studio anxiety. Like when I leave the studio, I'm thinking about it until the next time I walk into the studio door. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, it's not there yet. It's not there yet. Yeah. But if it's at the 75% end of the tunnel, I could see it. Then I'm okay taking that break or, or you know, going through the weekend and not going to the studio or something like that. Oh, yeah. No, I know what you mean. I make the mistake of, like, sometimes I take paintings with me. It's like you need to separate. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You're in a relationship with your painting, and you need time apart. You need time to be individuals. Yeah, definitely. Like, you can't take the painting in the shower. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) It needs a little space. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how much time painters spend thinking about their paintings. It's probably like all of the waking hours. Yeah, I'm not going to admit that. That's going to be weird. That's going to be weird. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, generally. It's probably a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, and the thing about it is, you know, specifically with like painting, it, you know, it's usually just you in the room with that image and you're putting all this time and, and thought into it, you know? It's, yeah. it's a lot of chips on the table in a way. In a weird way because it really doesn't, matter at the end of the day do you know what i'm saying like it's you know you get so emotionally caught up in this image oh yeah yeah do you ever okay so you have that feeling i have that feeling for every single painting um but you know like once a week i'll try to do something else something with a friend and or like maybe even 75 percent of the whole day and i'm like this is so wonderful life living life is just amazing yeah why why don't i do this every day but inevitably the next day i go back to painting right go back to the studio because there's something that draws us into that yeah i mean i i love the process of it i love being there and doing it it's just it's funny there's quirks i mean that was the same thing when i played music you know I love writing and playing like when you're playing but there were a lot of parts about like getting the band together and like you know the practice room sucks it's hot it's sweaty it's like people are grumpy you know so there's you know it's life there's like an up and down to everything you know I didn't understand that about musicians until I I dated several musicians and I was like oh this actually is just as much work if not more than painting oh it's yeah it's harder because you're not in the driver's seat you yeah. know, unless you're a solo musician. So it's so much depending on other people's schedules and, you know, their moods and all that stuff. It, it becomes tricky. But your process, though, of painting is different than a lot in the sense that you are working yeah. from life or from, you know, people that you're having. You, you have them sit for you. Do you like yeah. sketch? Like, how does that process um, work? I pay people to come hang out with me so I'm not lonely. <laughs> and uh, I paint them. Right. And then you, then you paint them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
yeah, I've been working more and more from life. I used to not have, uh, I felt really bad about not paying people fairly because I think models should get paid. Um, so I would, you know, work with my friends for free or trade and, or I would get other people and I would take photo references because I didn't want to take too many of their hours, uh, or I couldn't afford it. Um, so slowly more and more I'm working with people, uh, sitting hourly, like two, three hour sessions and coming back over time. Yeah. Now, do you find that that changes that pace we were talking about or the fluidity or is it the same? Whether you're looking at IRL or a photo? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think IRL is actually faster, but it's very stressful in the beginning, at least for me. I don't, I, I don't think I'm that great at drawing or anatomy or I don't think I'm that great at literally anything. It's just always a process of lots of refinement, a lot of moving stuff slightly. Uh, until it's right but when the person is right there you feel like you have to do it very quickly also usually inevitably they're going to move a little bit or you're talking about something it's just chaos but I kind of like it it's a yeah you get a lot done in a short amount of time I'd imagine it's like a charged atmosphere like a photo's not charged at all yeah it's just there you know whereas when someone's there it's like three dimensions Yes. Lights changing, your note, you know, there's movement and all that. I'd imagine that, yeah, like that could complicate things a bit, but also it can really charge and energize. Yeah. I'd imagine the dynamic of the work. Yeah. I mean, usually after the person leaves, I like want to collapse. <laughs> <laughs> it's exhausting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In two hours, you can get what would take probably four days otherwise. Yeah. But well, that's pretty efficient. Yeah. I mean, I'd, but I can't do, I ever have studio assistants because I don't, I feel like I would be exhausted by just feeling like their presence and always being conscious of it. And then yeah. being like, oh, well, you do this, you do that. Or, you know, I just can't do that. I've Although been having probably some kids come in. And I'm, sh- I'm sure it helps with things, you know what I mean? And get things done quicker even if it were just like, you know, priming thing or whatever, but yeah. I just can't, I can't handle having someone in there. Yeah, I know what you mean. I also am not good. I, I'm always worried about the other person's comfort too. I yeah. think I, I worked as a nanny for a long time, so maybe that's like residual, but I'm like, are you okay? Do you need anything? Right. And then I'm not doing anything except like making sure that they're okay. Right, yeah. So I think the best thing if you have assistance is uh, to leave. Just let them do their thing and have their freedom. Right. And uh, yeah. come back. Unless you're a micromanager person. I have friends who are artists who they have a ton of assistance and they don't really work. It's just yeah. all the assistance. And they're basically managing, you know, a quote unquote studio. So and, right. and they thrive in that kind of position i guess you know it's kind of like filmmaking it's like a director yeah you know just overseeing or a producer just making sure everything's going and give the creative input but i cannot do that yeah i can it's got to be all me i i think most painters are like that that it has to be all of them or like you're talking about your friend 
where it's more like they're, I don't know, a director. That's a good, really good analogy. Um, yeah. I feel like I could be somewhere in the middle. I mean, again, I'm not like, my career is in the very uh, early stages, but yeah, I think I, I can give some direction, but like my hand, I feel like has a certain look and it's purely because I just fuck up all the time, I think. Uh, so my mistakes, I don't know if they, they can't really be emulated. Yeah, that's your, your signature is the way you do things. Yeah. Quote, whether, quote unquote, it's right or wrong or technically this or technically that or whatever, you know. Right, it's you. Yeah. Like, you know the band Pavement? No one sounds like Pavement because all the quirks <laughs> and strangeness of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no one sounds like that. And it's not because it's not that they're good or bad, but they they are loose at what they do, but there's just... Yes. that, And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. But I'm also of the thinking that, like, teamwork is beautiful and, yeah, somewhere in the middle there. Yeah. And, and I, there's different ways to collaborate, too, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But so you're strictly, you know, like a paint, like you're making drawing sketches and painting. Uh, as far as, like, am I, do I do anything else with my life? Like, have, no, no. <laughs> No, I guess I meant in your work, it's living in that two-dimensional image. Like, you're not oh, yeah, doing films yeah. or video or, you know, no. it's pretty It's pretty much painting. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm fascinated uh, with all of those things. I actually studied photography. Um, I like a lot of other mediums. But, yeah, I can't think three-dimensionally. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a whole different whole different thing right but photography is a part of what you're doing though right as far as the process yeah uh yeah because you're not working from life all the time no not all the time and i'm so glad i studied photography actually because lighting is a huge deal to me Um, yeah and i feel like i understand light and shadow and colored light in a way that i wouldn't have otherwise yeah, let's get into the palette because it is, it feels very you. Like, it's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's there's choices in there. There's there's sort of, like, moods and, and tones that, you know, it really feels like, like, there's some paintings where you look at the painting and it just feels like the color choices are made because it's loosely based on reality or whatever, you know, but, and then there's other paintings that you see that are very you know, like the color is, is really considered and it, it jumps at you a bit. Like a Matisse will jump at you with the color. You yeah. know what I mean? Or a Frankenthaler. Like, you know, those colors are very, I don't know, there's something definitive and very uh, intrinsic to the artist, it seems, you know? Yeah. And it seems like you have that kind of palette going. Well, thank you so much. I mean, that's a, that's a huge compliment. Um, I don't always know what I'm doing with color either. Uh, I just, some of it is tied to memory, um, lighting also, mood, emotion, emotionality. Uh, and some of it is technical too, I guess, like glazing um, or different effects that I want to create. Uh, yeah, color is very nostalgic for me. I think I'm really a, just like a sappy, sentimental person. <laughs> 
Uh, Sappy and grumpy? (laughs) That's a terrible combination, but yes. (laughs) Well, everyone's got to be a little grumpy. Yeah, yeah. You can't be all sweet. No. A little grumpiness is very endearing, I think. Yeah, hopefully. And there's a certain, like, truth. truth, Because, like, have you ever met someone who's not bothered by anything? That's bizarre. Have I? Uh... Maybe people on certain drugs, <laughs> but no, not like yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very rare, but yeah, like anytime someone just lets massive things like, you know, roll off them, and you're like, "Are you okay? Are you that doesn't bother you?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but color is very different, difficult to talk about. I think it's such a hard, it's such an intriguing element of of you know artwork, but it's so difficult to speak of. Other than it's hard just commenting on, well, it's kind of intuitive. It comes from this place, you know, and it's it's so ephemeral. Yeah. And I'm, I guess that's the beauty <laughs> of it, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think if I have anything intelligent to say about color, <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. Color is, even the idea of color theory. I mean, I you know, I've studied Albers, and, like, that's really interesting, but... Anytime you try to pin it down or, you know, quote unquote, say something intelligent about a color, it almost like destroys. It's like poetry. Sometimes you just want to read it. And you don't want to analyze it. You don't want it to have to be. Like, I hate when someone like reads poetry and is like, well, I just don't understand exactly what that means. I think I think that's the point. You're not supposed to be able to pinpoint it. Yeah, it's a feeling. That's a good, yeah, yeah comparison. Po- certain poetry, certain music, very much music. Um, yeah. And color does have that. Color and light, I think, are very tied to to that triggering emotion. Yeah. Like, you know the song Sweet Jane by Velvet Underground? Mm-hmm. Lou Reed. C- can you imagine if someone's like, well, what does that chord sequence mean? <laughs> <laughs> I would not have an answer for that. Do you know what I mean? You don't ask that. You <laughs> yeah. just listen to it and it's just perfect. You know, like it, it's three chords, you know, and I think that's kind of color in a way. Oh, it's yeah. It's just this, you know, you can revel in it and it can be beautiful or it can be chaotic, but it just kind of like is what it is. But you, in the work, you're combining those those moods and atmospheres with a very literal often a very literal person right yes a real person yeah and and then do you are you often keyed in exactly to who the or sometimes is strangers or is it always people that you know loosely and how do you navigate that difference between like someone really familiar who's a friend and someone that you just hire say off this you see someone on the street and say hey i'd love to paint you uh you know pay you to come sit or whatever yeah, um, yeah, there is a difference, I guess. Uh, no matter what, I always get a feeling once I meet them in person. Yeah. You know, even if I don't know them super well or I'm just meeting them. Because um, I'm working more and more with people that I would say like are in my community, but I don't know them. Uh, yeah. It could be a projection of my own feelings. I don't want to really speak for other people, but um, I try to put that in the work always. And 
it's easier in some ways if it's a close friend because you have all these layers of emotionality and memories that you can work with. But in some ways, that also makes it restricting. Right. I don't know how to describe that in a better way, but... Um, I know what you mean. Yeah. But I, it's interesting because it's... it It's almost like you were saying that you don't want to speak for them, but you're painting them, which is an right. intimate sort of thing in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But maybe that's the the beauty of that looseness of like almost like the poetry of the narrative. You're not yeah. writing the story, you're painting the picture in a way, you know? Yeah, I hope they see it that way. I hope it's like, um, it's fantasy at the end of the day, even though it is based in reality or has ties yeah. to reality. Uh, yeah, it's interesting working with other people. It does stress me out on some level, but it's what I want to do. Well, hey, I think we've established in this conversation that all of it stresses us out, all this painting <laughs> stuff. Why not just add another layer? <laughs> Why don't we just live life and enjoy things? <laughs> well, I, I read somewhere that you mentioned something to the fact of you don't want to... I'm going to butcher this. Right, oh, just please do. Get, get annoyed with this. But something to the effect of, like, I don't want to paint the idea... Of, it, more of, like you're going to talk more about you and what you're thinking and what you're feeling and not so much about others and, or something to that effect, maybe? Um, In other words, like maybe you're not going to tackle like subjects that are very specific outside of like what you're interested in talking about. I'm, I'm having a hard time paraphrasing. Yeah. Maybe you could just explain... <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, because, and, and choosing figurative painting, because you're pretty much painting the figure. Absolutely. Mostly, right? So that's a very specific, almost like a one-on-one, you're, you're either talking about that person or you're talking about yourself or you're talking about people in general through the image of that one person. But it's, it's very specific in that sense, you know? Right. Um, I think I, I'm pretty tied in with uh, the queer community, both. IRL and uh, and online um, and that's a big part of it also you know we don't exist in a vacuum we are here in 2021 and there's so many shitty issues going on right now uh, that have been going on uh, so I just try to be aware of what I know is going on and also open to learning things. Right. Uh, so do you feel that's like very in the vague. Work, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's the poetry. Do you feel like in the work though, you're, you're kind of, um, ad- addressing that the community or the issues or the things that you're talking about that are maybe frustrating or whatever, but not like, you know, spelling it out exactly. But, but it yeah. lives within the image of the person in that work, right? I hope so. Um, yeah, I absolutely don't want to make definitive statements or definitive political statements uh, because I don't know anything. <laughs> but see, I, and I will be wrong. <laughs> and no, but I think, I think that's, that's a great way to 
to do it though because you're pulling the viewer in instead of just saying like you know like the punk rock thing of like f you you know like screw off or whatever and then yeah. you just push them away you know if you want to have a greater understanding or to address things sometimes it's really useful to pull people in and to not just state it outright but let it marinate in a little more of a, a less specific way to where people will engage with the subject matter and think more about it you know what i'm saying so in yeah. other words like bringing people in instead of saying like well, you don't understand or this is not for you you know that kind of like subject matter or right conceptual side to the work and that's why i say that it is fantasy also yeah fantasy that has some ties to reality uh i just think fantasy keeps people more open-minded um and maybe they'll tie it into their own life and their own experiences their own memories um rather than being like immediately conclusive and judgmental I think that's so true and I think that it was so effective when we were little kids too of like all these stories that you would read or like movies or things like that that you didn't really get it at first like the undertones or maybe you not necessarily know but then like you come back around to you like oh that's what that was about you know what I mean or like this yes. bigger issues not always for good not always for bad but but just that the fantasy engages you in the story or the content but then like there's these other things underneath under the radar that you can talk about or that plant seeds in the mind of like thinking about you know yeah which ideally makes people more open and more like less myopic yeah i think so i hope so um yeah it's it's always interesting revisiting things that are uh, directed at children as an adult too yeah it's like because then you do see all those undertones and you're like wow this is dark (laughs) yeah just a lot of yes definitely like things that are like and and sometimes it's probably not even 100 percent explicitly purposeful it's almost like you know yeah passively like passed on you know i think because an adult is creating those things usually um, yeah. or, or adults um, and I think it's really impossible to not put in the layers of your life experience even if it's not literal just like all of these uh, these feelings and observations they're going to seep in somehow yeah. yeah it's really interesting how that works and uh, how you know our in dealing with images and making images as something that we do, that growing up with all that vocabulary and then having to, you know, negotiate that as you get older, yeah, is like an unspoken test of, you know, that no one really signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> Again, why don't we just live and enjoy life? Um. I think what you're saying is we should all live out in nature around a campfire and just oh no and and relax ghost town new york upstate new york (laughs) yes ghost uh yeah watch me return there in like five years after i've (laughs) shit on it for many right 
You'd be like, you know, it's. I mean, that happens, right? It totally as get, happens. As you get older, you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. I already yeah. made the first step because now I'm in Brooklyn. I'm loving these sycamore trees. Oh, yeah. Be careful. Next uh, it's a know, sli- be in it's Wyoming. Gate- gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, so wh- with what you're working on now, you just had a show in Los Angeles fairly recently, right? Yeah, I did um, at a not at not I'd be and yeah that was my first solo show in LA for sure um, it's exciting did and you was that were you able to go or was this I did go yeah which was really exciting because I'd only been to LA once and that was a, a nanny <laughs> <laughs> uh so very different experience um yeah yeah it was really positive I'm so glad I went. I'm so glad. Yeah, that's awesome. And then you're working, what's the show you're working on coming up? So I'm going to have a show with Harper's in New York. Um, they just opened a new Chelsea space, and uh, we're going to do it there. And it's going to likely be in June. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think they're on, it's under construction right now, so things right. could, could get a little delayed, which for me wouldn't be a problem because I am very slow. <laughs> <laughs> Buy you a little more time. Yeah. This might be the one time when construct inevitable New York City construction delays might be advantageous. I know. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like Take your time. Someone says it's it's on this month, it's going to be done, just add two or three months to that. And that's usually what you're working with. Yeah, yep. Well, now and now it's the supply chain thing, right? Like everything is delayed or like there's not enough of anything. I think, yeah, and things are much more expensive after yeah. Corona. Uh, probably for that reason, yeah. Now, is it, I mean, you can, I can erase this, but <laughs> are there any hints you can give us about this work coming up? Like, is it, are you, <laughs> you can working erase with... This. <laughs> <laughs> I could cut this out. Um, But are you working with specific people or is there like kind of like a theme, like how are you approaching this New York show? Um, I always try to, or want to be organized and thematic ahead of time and have like a grand concept. And that's just not my brain. It doesn't work that way. Um, It's always much more organic, I think. Uh, So I do have, quite a few of the paintings already in progress. Um, and yeah, I'm working with a lot of like young, quote unquote young, young to me, like 19, early twenties. Uh, That's young. Youngish trans kids and New York city kids. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm working pretty much from life on these ones and what else do I have to say about it <laughs> I don't know is what's uh, the scale like on them the scale is a variety is a variety but I am definitely working the largest I've ever worked on a few of them so well, that's not gonna speed things up no <laughs> no this one painting that's like 96 inches tall is uh I started it I don't know when I started it. It's going to take, it's been like more than a year. <laughs> That's exciting though. Yeah. Like, you have to admit like every, the scale that size is just kind of awesome. Yeah. You know, 
there's something undeniable when you're i mean i always say that like making a small like a really small painting um you know is so much easier but it's really hard to make up an amazing tiny painting just because you know you really have to blow someone away with what it is whereas i feel like with a large scale like that it's an undeniable physical presence of it which is just yeah. kind of awesome you know which is why i gotta go big because uh i don't have any confidence <laughs> me too that's what i do i'm like well it can't be that great if it's five times as big as you you got to respect it because if it falls off the wall, it's going to crush you. <laughs> I love that recent painting um, with the kind of pink sky reflected onto the windows of the glass building that you made. Pink sky. Oh, thank that's you. that's something I see every day from my studio like that. Scene. Oh, yeah, that was I think that was of. Yeah, that was a local view. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that the reflection. I, I love reflections. I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. There's something like it's a candy, you know, and I have I'm lucky enough that in my apartment I have a view. I mean, I'm not I don't really work here much. I work in my studio, which is nearby, uh-huh. but um, I have a view of the skyline. And then next to me, there's like a long building with a lot of windows. And when there's one of those epic sunsets and it's reflected in that window, it's just exactly. worth the price of admission for all the crap you got to deal with in this city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have that on one side of my studio in the financial district. And, um, yeah, I really relate to that, that feeling. That's a, that's something I like, uh, color and light wise are these transition times. Yeah. So like when the sun is setting, um, that twilight, the transition from day to night, uh, because I'm sappy, that always makes me feel (laughs) feel a lot of feelings (laughs) me too and you know what's funny it never gets old absolutely never i've been i've been awestruck by sunsets you know four days out of the week when there's a nice you know when it's dynamic or something yeah and it never gets old and just the other day i don't know if you saw it on social media or whatever but just the other day it was like like the sun was starting to go down and it was like a storm and I went out on my balcony, just, I don't know why. It was kind of a red tint to the sky. Yeah, it was just yeah. A different kind of red tint that was weird. And I walked out, and I looked to the right, and it was a giant double rainbow. And I mean, this thing yes. was, like, crispy. Right. It wasn't, like, lost a, my a mind. ghost one. <laughs> no, no, this was, like, These there was a leprechaun at the bottom of this twins. thing. Twins. <laughs> and I just lost it. I started, yeah. like, yelling. You know, I was, like yelling at my son like he's in the other room and i'm banging on the window i'm like you gotta get out of here and see this <laughs> yeah 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 whatever <laughs> but it was you know it just never gets old it really doesn't um it's funny they say if you have seasonal depression to sleep or try to like block your don't look at the sun setting basically oh really take a little micro disco nap um during that time and then you just Why, because it bums you out that the sun's going down? <laughs> I, I guess so. I mean, yeah, and it's like 4 o'clock. It's um, like sleeping through the best part of the show. Right? <laughs> it's like, if you get bummed out by movies, just sleep through the ending. Yeah. Just wake up and uh, the credits are rolling. You'll be much happier. <laughs> I feel like if you're going to be sad anyway, you might as well like relish in the sadness. It's like listening to a sad song when you're sad and then crying. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> it's delightful 
own it let's swim in it right yeah I mean, that's, those are the emotions and feelings that make life what it is, you know? Yeah. You don't want to just anesthetize yourself to where you don't feel anything. Yeah, not all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm like, I've, I've always been happily and miserably sober because I just face everything directly. Wait, not <laughs> even caffeine? Oh, is that, shit, does that count? Uh, not really, but no, uh, ca- yeah, that's true. I'm well. I'm not inebriated off caffeine. I'd like to think that I've I'm so hooked on caffeine, or it's so much a part of my life that it doesn't even do anything anymore. Yeah, I think like, I, I, I fall asleep that. drinking coffee, and I'm not joking. Oh, I do it too. Doesn't do any. It doesn't make me hyper at all anymore. Yeah, it just maybe sometimes it keeps me from not sleeping. Yeah like during the daylight hours <laughs> well that yeah during the okay <laughs> no i'm not even talking about night <laughs> it's bad uh yeah and then i think it could be a drug yep <laughs> yeah that's true that sounds exactly well, like an addiction yeah i uh, it's like the most common like ad- addiction that no one really that's totally acceptable right? oh yeah i'm i'm not a sober person so I, I can't say and i i love coffee yeah coffee is wonderful <laughs> <laughs> well I, every time i go through like a stretch of not drinking it like if i ever get sick and i just don't want to have coffee and you know the headaches come and then yeah i get through that part of it and then i'm just i don't have coffee for like five or six days or like after if i ever get a stomach bug I mean, knock Oof. on wood, it's been a while, but you no, know, like you I don't can't have, co- yeah. can't have coffee for Acid. a while. And then I think to myself, well, I guess I could just switch to tea now or, or just drink water. But then the <laughs> same thing about reveling in the sadness and the sad songs. I'm like, I mean, you know, what, is it worth it to not have the highs and lows and just yeah. be flatlined the whole time? No. There's your analogy. <laughs> You want the highs and lows, otherwise you're flatlined, and that is literally when you're dead. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> God I was born moody. Right? Uh, the upswings and the downswings. Yeah. It's, it's, that's the roller coaster of life. Uh, yes. like imagine if you went into your studio and every painting was the same exact. Like, it was like, oh, I did it. It was easy. Just finished it. Next one. Did it. Finished. No challenge. No emotions. Yeah, I, I can't it. even imagine that be weird wouldn't it it would be weird why bother then at that point yeah i don't know just go outside and listen to music (laughs) yeah maybe larry david really is living his life to the fullest (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we all need to curb our enthusiasm a little bit about things shout out to hannah bierman who's like you must watch this and then i watched it i'm like Ah, shit. <laughs> she has good taste. <laughs> Excellent taste. <laughs> um, so where can people find more about your work? You do social media? You have uh, a website? Yeah, Instagram is the only social media I do because that's already, like, addicting enough and I, I don't need any more addictions. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's our visual caffeine. Basically. Yeah, exactly. I feel the same way, though. Any more than that. It's just too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Oh, yeah, and the other ones aren't visual anyway. Um, where else can they find me? Uh, they can find me probably around downtown. <laughs> wait, snap <laughs> on a bike. <laughs> Does that still? Oh, wait, TikTok. That's a, that's a TikTok is visual. Took over Snapchat, I think. Remember Facebook? Vaguely. Yeah. <laughs> You're too young for MySpace, right? You weren't around for that. Um, I don't think I'm too young. You were on MySpace? I think I had one. So I didn't grow up with technology. So I'm a little bit... I feel like an older person. Uh, but everyone else had a computer, for sure. Listen, by that you're end. better off. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I was so bored that I had to make art, so... Full circle. <laughs> it's like the Hudson River School style. It's like, well... You imagine those guys like walking around and looking at those mountains and be like, well, I guess I'll paint that. Look how majestic that is, you know? Yeah. What else am I doing? <laughs> Just I mean, make a giant, beautiful painting of the Hudson River. <laughs> uh, so great. We could just stare at it, though. That's true. There is something, I think, in artists that you need to create or try to create definitely it's that urge that impetus to make things for sure and unexplicably sometimes it's just like why am i doing this but (laughs) just have that why am i going to the studio every day every day coffee and why am i doing this and then (laughs) sounds like heaven actually (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah i definitely think it's far superior to uh the other option which isn't right Sadly, what most people are like, why am I going to this job every day? Because I have to, because I have to pay the bills. Yeah. So I'll take, I'll take A over B any day of the week. Absolutely. Every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, it was great to meet. Yeah. Really and nice seeing your face. Yeah. I can't wait to see the show. I'm really excited to see these, this big painting and to see everything at Harper's. Yeah. Right. Yes, um, the new Chelsea location, which I can't give you the address off the top of my head, but it's on the same same block that the other Chelsea location's at. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, good luck with that, and it was great talking to you. Yeah, great talking to you, too. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>